All right, I'm here uh, at the Wow Hall, where there's going to be a concert with the Abbey Road Live. Is that the full name? Abbey Road Abbey Live. Abbey Road Live. Mm -hmm. yep. And I'm sitting with Michael Wegner and Andrew, Andrew Hammer. And uh, you guys are in the band. Two of four members, right? Mm -hmm. We are two. Um, Fab two. The Fab Two. Tell me a little bit about Abbey Road Live. Uh, it seems like one of the specialties is playing entire Beatle albums front to back kind of a thing, or at least covering a, a whole Beatle album. We, we do, yeah. Well, originally, if you notice the band name, Abbey Road Live, that's kind of how we got started is by performing the Abbey Road album, and that's actually all we did at first. It was kind of a bit of a fluke. It's a one-time thing, and... Then we kind of started doing it more, and you know it was fun, and audience loved it. So eventually, we started learning other Beatles songs and albums too. So, and you're from Athens, Georgia, is that right? What is it about Athens? It's produced a lot of good music uh, bands and musicians. What's in the air in Athens that uh, makes music happen? Well, it's a college town. A lot like Eugene is a college town, right? Yeah. What college? So, uh, University of Georgia. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Okay. Um, and I'm from Texas, and I ended up uh, out there, and uh, I was in another band, and that band broke up. And I'd been to college before out in Texas, but then after that band broke up, I decided, well, I've got nothing to do, so I might as well go back to college. So I did that and stayed in the scene. And uh, I guess when you said this is something in the air, I mean... Uh, cheap rents. Cheap rent, a lot of young people and, uh, and older people. But in, and so it's got that history of you know some of the bigger acts that are famous from there, of mm. course. Go ahead and list a couple. R.E.M., Widespread Panic. Um, uh, then there's some newer ones. B-52s originated, there. yeah, from there. Uh, but then there's some newer bands that have gone on to be. Is it of Montreal? That of Montreal, Drive-By yeah. Truckers. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, I know for instance, I moved there in the 80s. And I I knew about it because I was an R.E.M. fan. Right. So, and I think you had a lot of people hearing about, ooh, Athens, Georgia, mm -hmm. R.E.M., B-50, you know. And that's what got me interested, and then I visited and made friends there, and I thought, well, yeah, I could live here. It's easy to make friends in Athens. <laughs> a lot of people are friendly, obviously. And um, uh, and I actually knew, so, you know, that, since you said that, I actually knew about Athens because of the music scene as a kid, long before I knew about the university, mm. oddly enough. So, there you go. But let's get back to the Beatles, because... Uh, I look to be maybe a little older than both of you guys, but uh, so how, uh, you know, uh, it seems to be a timeless, timeless music, but tell me about you connecting with the Beatles, how did that, how did that happen just from an early age? For me, I had three older brothers, mm. they all had record collections, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just basically did my research, I mean, I remember I was five or six years old, I figured out, oh, I like this, I like this band, you know. And they had, you know, my parents were British too. They actually had an original, the first album that they bought like in 63 back in London. And um, so I kind of had you know, access to all of that and I kind of just became obsessed with it. I, I know I have friends with six year olds now that are mm -hmm. still, that's the first, you know, they, they yep. 
they like their Beatles. They 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 want to know everything about the Beatles, and it's just a thing. It's such good music and great music. I want to hold your hand. It's like candy to the ears. <laughs> I know. Um, and I became a Ringo Starr fanatic as a little boy. He's so. he's underestimated, isn't he? He's got great uh, great um, feel and good lines in the music. Oh yeah, great great feel, uh, great sound. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was the deal? Was it you telling me? Was he actually lefty or something? He's a left-handed person, and uh, so lefty, yeah, playing on the right-handed drums. His mom, uh, apparently, this is what I have heard. His mom, uh, I guess back in the day, it was, uh, it was considered weird or, or superstitious if you were uh, left-handed, and so you know, forced people to be right-handed, right. whatever. So he learned to play the right-handed drum set, and as a result... You, a lot of those fills that you hear that are the broken up fills going especially going down the toms you know so across the kit mm-hmm. because he's left-handed you know he would play the grooves and everything like a right-handed drummer but as he would then do a fill and go across the kit or down the kit or over the kit rather um, he's not he would not lead with his right hand necessarily He'd try to lead with his left hand which which would kind of you get sort of into a little jam there um, and so the, as a result, that's why you get a lot of those broken up sounding drum fills, which now, of course, is what everybody does just because it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was doing that because that's what what he had to do. Um, I want to move to Sergeant Pepper because I know we're in the, we're in the 50 a year thing. And since you're doing, you've moved obviously to uh, Pepper this year and uh, reproduce. It's, it's a tough album. I mean, it's all kind of all over the place. Yeah. What have you found, you know, wh- why do you think it's so revered? What's so unique about it, for one thing, and some of the challenges of uh, trying to reproduce that stuff? Mm-hmm. Within you, without you. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> that one's it, a hard one. Yeah, are, you, hard. are you tackling it? Are you doing it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we're going to oh, do yeah. the whole album. Oh, and yeah. We've got strings and horns and sitar. and. But then he's got that, what is it, a 5-4? It's oh, got a whole got everything. weird se- yes. section. I'll tell you, there's a lot of this stuff, I mean... You know, we, 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 pra- we practice to a certain extent, but some songs are just easy. But Within You, Without You is a song that we've probably practiced ten times more than any other song that we've ever rehearsed. It's yeah. like you just gotta just... And we still don't got it. And we still don't got it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was, I mean, what it was, you know, it was 67. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember 67. I was born then. But, you know, I, it was just a thing. If you look at what was happening musically, until then, and you look at what happened musically after then, yep. it was a real turning point in terms of expanding mm-hmm. creativity.
things about the Beatles is they got so popular that they couldn't, and the technology wasn't there, so they couldn't really tour mm. comfortably, and their concerts weren't happening for them. So this was kind of like the first big album after they stopped touring, and they and they didn't put out anything for a while, and everybody's like, oh, they're done, they're done, and they're right. and they're like holding this as a secret sort of until they're, I think producers made them put out Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, right. which was sort of the beginning of Strawberry of uh, Sgt. Pepper. But you guys do it live. They never really did it live. Uh, uh, yeah. It was just a studio, you know, love fest in the summer of love or whatever or right. before. Um, so now you're you're bringing it out to well, audiences. Yeah, they left us with a pretty uh, pretty big task of, mm-hmm. and you know, there are certain. It's not like we're gonna, um, you know, there are just certain sounds on there that you just don't recreate live. You can't, you know. So we. Well, we we sort of there's a little interpretation on our end where we try to capture the spirit of a certain song and and uh, we certainly try to you know we try to hit as much of it as we can. Well, I was going to ask you about arrangements too, um, because how much are you sticking to original arrangements and keys, or do you like to stretch? And I mean, part of their magic is the song, and some of it is the arrangement. You know, um, a little bit of both. Yeah. There are definitely some songs where you know we. we stick to it but uh you know it's a live show and we we uh try to um you know we try to like bring the album into a live setting i mean part of like our what guides us we imagine like okay you, like you say the beatles stopped touring in 66 well mm-hmm. what, what if they had kept touring mm-hmm. what if you know what if they had gone on tour you know in 69 what if the beatles had played woodstock what would it have sounded like mm-hmm. And my guess is that you wouldn't have just heard, you know, three-minute album versions of, of it, every little hit song that they had. My guess is they would have probably stretched it out a little themselves. And I would hope so. Well, you know, you look at what they were doing musically. They were pushing creative boundaries, I imagine. You know, so we, we try to just, I mean, obviously we can't be them, but we can kind of try um, to imagine the spirit of what they were doing. And, and it's fun to do that. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just stretch. stretch it out. Yeah. yeah. Have a little big rock ending on something. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah.
from the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper album. They did the whole album in concert. Really amazing. My name's Rob Tobias. You're listening to Train of Thought. And I'll have more of my interview with Abbey Road Live and some cuts from their concert right after this break. Thanks for listening. Train of Thought is produced at Maximo Productions in Eugene and is heard on KEPW and archived at soundcloud.com slash Rob Tobias. Welcome back to Train of Thought. My name is Rob Tobias. I'm going to continue now with an interview with Abbey Road Live, which played... Beatle music at the Wow Hall recently, including the whole Sgt. Pepper album. I started to ask them about the instrumentation uh, live. On, we know the Beatles did a lot of things in the studio, and uh, Abbey Road Live creates it on stage. So I asked a question about that. Build it up dynamically. Yeah. So many parts. And even when they did the rooftop concert, they brought a keyboard player, Billy Preston, who, that. who was not really in the film too much. You had to really look for him. But... Uh, but I noticed you on stage. You're you're playing guitar and keyboard almost simultaneously. Well, you listen to the last the last you know half of the Beatles recorded material, and I mean, there's keyboards all over it. So you know, if we're going to be doing all that material, which is kind of a lot of what we focus on, you know, Abbey Road, White Album, Sgt. Pepper, Magical mm-hmm. Mystery Tour, you've got to have keyboard for that, you know. Um, and then. Let's talk about horns and strings, because I know tonight you're adding a lot of other musicians to your band. Yeah. yeah How does that so work? When you go to a whole new place and all of a sudden horn players and string players yeah. show up? You go, you cross your fingers. <laughs> but the players here, are these are local guys, right? Yeah, they're Eugene they're folks. They're um, players. They joined us at Country Fair at Main Stage, and um, yeah, we just, I mean... Uh, Some of yeah. them played with us 10 years ago. Oh, that's wow. true. Yeah, here in Oregon at the country at fair, country least, fair yeah. ten years ago for fortieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, we met with them uh, the, the night before our set over at the gazebo in Chalen Mela Meadow, you know, <laughs> and uh, we ran for you some tunes, which you know, much to the delight of the, yeah. the fair people that were hanging around. They're like, "Oh, this is cool!" Right, right. But um, yeah, you, you kind of network. I mean, you know, we we have people in different towns where we hook up with orchestra players and play with them I talked I happen to know well I know a few of them but yeah uh, Amy or mm. Yumi plays cello and I heard you guys doing Tomorrow Never Knows which goes off into psychedelia yeah. story and I said I asked her what, what were your instructions for that <laughs> she said sound like seagulls or something like that seals or, yeah, yeah whales seagulls you know I said do it for that one it was like make all the sounds that you want try, that are the, the least musical as possible. <laughs> you know? Just try to sound like animated craziness. It's and, um, pretty pretty cool tune, but and you guys did stretch that one. I, I appreciate stretched that, that a bit. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a chance to see McCartney live uh, I think a couple of years ago, and one of the ones fantastic uh, arrangements he did was 
Mr. Kite, which mm. I know you guys are doing, but McCartney and his band took that into, you know, that swirly part, and they did it for 10 minutes, and I mean, oh, it, was, wow, it was like, if it was a dead show, they would have gone another 20, you know, it was nah. just that. <laughs> uh, but Good for him, man, he's, I love that he's still out there touring but, and playing three-hour shows. Uh, what, what what about that tune? That's kind of a unique tune. What is that thing? It's like a circus tune in a way. Yeah. Well, it came from a poster, right? There was an actual poster of a yeah. circus show. Yeah. But musically, it's kind of like a. What is it? It's like a. It goes all over the place. It I goes guess. all over because you got yeah. a little this kind of, you know, calliope kind of waltz in the middle and all these clanging sounds. I mean, there. You know. There's a certain instrument on there, isn't there? That's well, there's a harpsichord and and some sort of. I don't know what it is, hurdy-gurdy or something? something with Instrument and also that John Lennon had wanted these 
things that he could hear in his head, but they never could quite get it exactly the, the way that it, that he wanted, but if he was close enough or something along those lines. My that, understanding is they actually took recorded calliope that's, music yeah, that's what and then they cut up yeah. the they tape. They cut it up and, and reassembled it, it and put there it you together. Go. I mean, there you go. Yeah. Well, we won't be cutting any tape up tonight. I know, <laughs> I know too much about the Beatles, actually. But, but we... Um, but yeah, that's a fun one. We stretched that one out a bit. And then, tell me about your experience at the Oregon Country Fair, because that's, that's pretty cool to be up on main stage. And uh, what was that, that like, just to have that audience and, and do that music in that setting? Far out, man. Best audience yeah. ever. That's uh, a cool stage. You know, it's, it's a little bit frenzied, just because it's one band after another, and you, you, know, you have all of 20, 25 minutes to, you know, to sound check. Uh, yeah, and when you've got like orchestra players and all this stuff up there, it's a little yeah. challenging. It is challenging. They, they did a good job. <laughs> yeah, they definitely well, did. One thing I appreciated, you add, add an extra element. I don't know if that's usual or if I was a country fair thing. You had um, horses and you had some theatrical uh, things. Was Henry that... the horse made an appearance. Yes, and there was other walruses. There was and... walruses. Yeah, we. Um... Oh, that's right. We had the whole circus thing come up. We had the jugglers were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was definitely um, country fair element. We, we yeah. might get a little of that going on tonight, but yeah. So, what's the set going to be like tonight? You're gonna you're gonna do Pepper start to back, straight through, yeah, and then we'll second set. Okay. Kind of a. I was wondering about that. <laughs> kind of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're figuring it out here. So the first set is Pepper. Yeah, and then you know we're gonna do a lot of songs with um, with the orchestra, you know that that feature kind of strings and horns. Since oh, yeah. we have them, we're gonna definitely I, use them to the max. I was impressed. I heard Penny Lane and uh, Dave Bender nailed that. Uh, oh man, he's awesome. Now, Love that guy. I know the album is Piccolo. Yeah. Piccolo is like a smaller trumpet, right? But he yeah. plays it on a regular trumpet, but he nailed it. So. Yeah, oh, love, love Dave Bender. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's I, I've always remembered him from the first time I came out here. Eugene's got talent. Yeah, right? Yeah, he's a cool dude. And he landed up with some fire in an hourglass And in his pocket is a portion of the queen He likes to keep his fire engine clean It's a clean machine Cross our fingers. Cross the fingers. Hope we, you know, get through it. And uh, and uh, you know, it's always nice to get through something like this and in a, in a nice, you know, have the intense moments and whatnot. But but in an overall relaxed vibe. 
and you know accomplish it with um, few mistakes yeah. and feel good about yourself and the performance and the and and, think, and hope that the audience really enjoys it. That's the best part. Of Have you had a chance to actually listen to the remastered and the, any of the outtakes or any of that kind of stuff? I just heard that bit that was on the NPR interview, and you know, I probably need to listen to it more. But my first reaction was, yeah, I like the old, you know the original. But I mean, I appreciated that you could hear more detail. But I don't know. I felt like maybe yeah. a little bit of the charm was gone. It sounded a little too clean, polished, or something. Polished, yeah. And some of it with the outtakes is a little look behind the curtain. I know uh, a day in the life. I heard a version which ended instead of the the piano chord, it was a vocal. Chord. Oh, that was oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. that, that I'm glad like, they scrapped that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. that was a good thing to scrap. Yeah. <laughs> what's What's next for for Abbey Road Live after this? Oh, we go to Sisters tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hot tub. Hot tub. Hot springs maybe. Um, Sun River. Uh, yeah, and then we you know we fly back home next week and. Uh, we're playing in Atlanta next Friday. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever uh, had a Beatle at your performance or any contact mm. with anybody connected with the Beatles? No, not really. No. Yeah, I, I think it's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd be nervous. I don't think I'd, I'd well, have trouble with a Beatle in the room. Well, thanks a for Beatle keep, in the room. Thanks for keeping it going. Yeah, yeah. totally, man. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Abbey Road Live at the Wow Hall doing A Day in the Life from the Sgt. Pepper album. My name's Rob Tobias. You've been listening to Train of Thought. Till next time, keep on rolling.